0: Blessed to be a blessing. You and I all agree we have been blessed. You know, uh, we were in denial because when we were looking at some of the weighing scale the other day, my wife and I were saying, I think our weighing scale at home is wrong, all right? We bought a new one. It revealed indeed that I need to be putting much exercise back into uh, my routine. I miss getting on that uh, bike. At the same time, when you think about blessed, we got so much food to eat, folks. I, I don't know about you, we ate a lot. Okay? My family, we love to eat. We don't, like to, we don't shop as much. We would do a few things, watch a movie together, and play. But we ate a lot because my kids like to cook, we like to eat. And you, you pay the price, but at the same time, you enjoy it. It says, Lord, we're so blessed. Yet in other countries, people don't even have something to eat, especially in places like. Iraq and those places where we know there's a lot of poverty. We've been blessed. We're blessed with the fact we got families. We're blessed with the fact that we have homes to get home to. And it's warm. We're blessed that when you open your refrigerator, you don't have to worry about your daily bread. It's there. We're blessed that we have the family of God. You know, we miss this church. We went to church that, uh, you know, where we are, there. But something different about having people that you grew up with and you struggle with together we look forward to coming back here because we realize that you've been part of our family. You know, my wife and I spent the New Year—just me and her, my wife—together for New Year. Would you believe that? Just me and my wife, without the kids, because they have to go to their in-laws. But you know what? I enjoyed my time just with my wife because we approached the New Year together with the Lord. And I'm blessed to have a wife. And I truly say that to my wife: She's here not because she's here. I'm blessed. And she's blessed with me with all my imperfections. She knows that. (laughs) Obviously, yeah, yeah. But by the grace of God, we've seen our life through together. You know, when we look back, we've been so blessed. When we think about the number of years we've been together, now we see our kids. We also see the ministries. We're blessed. So as we approach 2015, we want to understand the word blessed. Because if you have been blessed, you can become a blessing. You want to start the year right, and you and I have all our goals, and I, I, I appreciate what Eugene said earlier as he prayed. We all have goals, whether they're personal goals, family goals, work goals, spiritual goals. But one of the goals I'm praying for every one of us, including myself, is that I want to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. And so if you, if you have your Bibles with you, open we need to Psalms 1. Look at that. Psalms 1. 1. What a great place to start. And by the way, if you have the goal of reading through the Bible, it's good to read the Psalms. It's wonderful. They're very poetic. It talks a lot of emotions. There's anger. There's happiness. There's joy. There's a lot of emotional things, and we go through a lot of life. And so Psalms 1 is a beautiful part. So let's join me now as we read the Psalms 1. Let's all stand. And, you know, let's read it from the King James Version. I memorized this at uh, the King James Version. I also like the, uh, the Holman Standard. But let's read Psalms 1, 1 to verse 6. If here's a psalm you would like to memorize, this is a great psalm. Because when you read the book of Psalms, there's so much we can learn from. Let's read it together in unison. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scorned. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Lord, this is a very familiar psalm for many of us. But God, make it once again alive for us as we want to start this year right. It is a prayer that we would understand what it means for you to bless anyone who wants to be blessed. So that in return, it doesn't just stop with us. We can be a blessing when we think about this whole year and the opportunity to make a difference. Lord, speak to your servant today. Lord, help me to give it with clarity. And when there's places that it might not be so clear, I pray that your spirit will be the one to illuminate your people's hearts and minds so that they can also get your word in its fullness and its application. It is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may not be seated. By the way, it's also nice to see this in another version. If you look at it from the Holman Standard Version, it says, how happy, how blessed, So when you and I think about the word blessed, what does it mean? It means to be rightly related with God. When you are in the Lord, you will find true happiness. Because the world is going to offer all kinds of happiness. Think about uh, this uh, New Year's Eve and all this merrymaking, right? You You see what's happening at Times Square. And people are just, wow, they're so happy, right? They go from one party to the next. Hopping from one thing to the next. And folks? That kind of happiness in Tagalog is uh, kasiyahan. Happiness is something that you just continue to look for and you hop from one thing to the next. And by the way, those happiness we talk about, they go away. If you have a brand new car, you're happy, right? You're, you're afraid but to park your car. Boy, I remember our, our, our son just bought their first car and I remembered, we all have felt the same way too. You know, when, you, when you're out there, you want to make sure nobody brings your coffee inside the car, because you don't want it to be spilled, right? But the longer you be driven the car, you know, later on, eat, it's okay, right? You're hungry, eat. But when you drive outside, when somebody dings your car, ooh, some, you look at the parking lot, you kind of look like, oh, somebody dinged it. You know, when it goes older, it goes away. You have a new car, a new house, a new wife, don't get me wrong, you don't want to change your wives, right? You get married, later on you find all imperfection, both wives. It, you find happiness not only in stuff because those things go away, but you find it in the Lord. It is a joy that will be so deep that nobody can rob you of that joy. That's what we're asking for. Being blessed is when you are rightly related to God, nobody can take this joy away from you. It's going to be deep to know that somebody loves you. He's not going to turn his back on you. Somebody's going to give you peace that your sins have been forgiven. He's going to give you the assurance that no matter what happens, he will be there for you. That is the joy that nobody can get away from you. So all the stuff in the world, all be gone. That new phone you're looking for, boy, I saw somebody with a nice phone. I said, Wow, that's a big phone. And here you are, you've got this mini tiny phone. Like, I want that. Later on, this big phone? there's gonna be a new one that comes out it goes away however when you write to the Lord the joy will be there secondly second is this it's not by seeking for it because the more you look for it the more you, you won't find it you will only get this the moment you start doing certain things that God is telling us to start experiencing it when you start having these things it will be there not because you're looking for it because when you're looking for it you'll never find it it's not in relationships it's not in stuff it's not in achievements, because you'll find out that once you get there, it is going to be empty. It's only you found the Lord. So let me share with you what the book of Psalms tells us. How can we be blessed so the joy will be so real? Notice what it says. In the first part, it says, Happy is the man who does not what? Follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path of sinners, or join the group of mockers. Now, if you take the, the, the King James Version, it has a beautiful way, way of putting it. It says, not walking in the counsel of the wicked. So here are things you need to avoid. You want to be blessed? Avoid these things. Why? It says, number one, it says, walking in the counsel of the wicked. Folks, it's easy to start walking, right? When you're walking, it's okay. Sometimes you just want to hear the, for, for what people are saying, but then when you stop, and you start sitting with them, it is a progression. Watch carefully. When you're walking in the counsel of the wicked, you're starting to believe what they're saying. When your mind agrees with what the world is saying that you need to be behaving, then you're starting to walk in their counsel. Your belief starts here. And if you don't get this thing right here, then your behavior will also be impacted. Folks, this is so important, whatever you believe. And that's why many times you wonder, I, you know, we, we studied the book of Ephesians, uh, Galatians. And you wonder, why do you keep repeating the same thing over and over again? Why does doctrine need to make sure you're sure about your relationship with God? You know why? Because if your salvation is not clear, everything falls apart. You need to make sure your foundation is right. Because if your life is based upon good works and performance, you will never make it. You need to be 100%. And that's why Paul says you guys need to understand. If your foundation is not right, you will listen to all the advice the world is going to be saying to you, giving you. So you need starts with believing. It's a battle for the mind. If you're not convinced here, then your behavior will show it. Because once you start walking with them and you stand in the way of the sinners and you walk in their ways, in other words, you start to behave like one, you start to walk with them. Believing leads to walking. And then uh, behaving also leads to sitting. You start to sit down with the mockers. In other words, you start to feel like, hey, I belong to them. Let me ask you. Some of you uh, have seen pigs, right? If you live with pigs, you sit down with pigs you eat what the pigs like. You even laugh like the pigs. You laugh like pigs. Have you noticed that, right? Not only that, but you just love the way of the pigs. You sleep with them. One of these days, if you are like the pigs, you will smell like a pig as well. Why? You believe like them, you behave like them, and you feel good with the pigs. And by the way, this is the warning. This is the way of the ungodly. When you start believing what the ungodly people there, whose lifestyle and mindset is, is different, you start believing like them. You will start behaving like them. And when you start behaving like them, you will feel at ease with them. Show me somebody who walks with people out there and like what they're doing. It's because they believe that what they're doing is okay. If so if they like to drink, you start drinking with them, and you will lie down with them. If they'll have sex, you'll have sex with them, and everybody like. And the behavior will show it. If you like material stuff, you will become like them. You notice what I'm saying? This is a very simple thing to be reminded. However, folks, it is a very slippery slope. From walking, you start to stand around with them, and then you feel good being around them. If that is the path you're taking, folks, you will no longer be blessed. You will experience the problems of ungodliness. It's a warning. It's a choice. So this morning, as you start the year, it's your choice. Do you want to live the godly life or the ungodly life? And so don't be surprised if your way leads to destruction. You want happiness the way God wants to bless you? Make a choice. Because at the end of the service, you're going to make a choice. When you begin this year, no one can make the choice except you. Your parents cannot make the choice. I cannot make the choice for my wife or my kids. I myself have to make the choice. So notice here. Uh, I should see what needs to be avoided. Notice what the Bible says. Instead. See the word instead? Right there. Instead. Instead of following this way of the wicked. Instead, what should, we, I, should I be doing? He delights in the Lord's instructions and meditates on it day and night. Now, this may be taken uh, lightly. This is so critical. If you would like to become the man that God blesses, you better remember what it says here. Why? Notice what it says. He delights in the way of the word. Do you love the word of God? There needs to be some kind of delight. Have you heard about Turkish delight? No, I, saw the, I saw it the other day. It says, wow, Turkish delight. I picked it up. Ooh, it looks good. And then I look at the sugar. No, I don't like it anymore. However, people love certain things. You delight in certain things. To some of you, it may be a certain thing in your life that you delight. Let me ask you right now, at this very moment, when you hear about something that is delightful, that makes your heart start a bit fast, what would that be? To some, it may be food. Boy, you can just smell that thing, like, mmm, mmm. You are so delighted by it. It just makes you water, all right? Crispy pata, all right? you think about all this food it just makes you water right if i start describing to you we probably will feel like man i like that to some of you are anything that's shiny right shiny cars shiny gadgets you delight in those things to some guys it will be that woman wow wow we right i'm saying you delight in certain things it just makes you like cry for that but my question to you this morning is this. do you delight the same passion for the word of god Because if you don't have that kind of delight, no wonder your way of life and thinking behavior is based upon where your delight is. Because if you love God's Word, you long to spend so much time in the Word of God. Listen, it's New Year, 2015. How much time have you spent reading God's Word last 2014? Tell me. If you haven't spent time in God's Word, let me be be honest with you you are not delighting in God's word. You find delight in other stuff. Are you so excited when you wake up in the morning, you are going to get into God's word because you say, Lord, I look so forward to listening to your love letter to me. See, one of the times I've really enjoyed, to be honest with you, and I'm not trying to to lift up myself here or anybody else or, or someone else, is when I spend my time in that bike in the morning. I love spending time on the bike. Why? Not because I like the bike. It's just one of the things I have to do in order to make sure my tummy doesn't get bigger, right? But while I'm there, I have this phone. I thank God for gadgets. I put that phone, that you version, I put on my plan. And that guy would start to talk like a a British accent, starting from the New Testament, the Psalms, the Proverbs. And this morning, I was on the bike. I love it. He was talking about Solomon. I can't wait for the next day. What's the next chapter? What is Solomon going to do with all his riches? One time I was reading about David. I wanted to go to the next day. I was so excited to see what God is doing from his word. Why? Because every time I spend time in his word, all of a sudden I learn truths that start to fit together. You see, if you don't have that kind of a passion, it's because you haven't found the passion in delighting and find pleasure in the word of God. Church, you want God to bless you? You better fill your heart with the passion for the word of God. You got it on your gadget right now enjoy it husbands when your wife is shopping bring out your phone sometimes I'm there I'm doing my devotion on my phone I just love to read some stuff why it's because you find delight in God's Word why should you find delight in God's Word for a couple reasons think about it it's food if you're a baby the Bible says in first Peter chapter 2 it's milk everyone needs milk to grow And if you don't have milk, you'll starve, and you will look like a frail baby, not growing the Lord. You need to spend time in the Word. Make sure when you give the Word to somebody, the babies, prepare it properly, right? Sometimes you give people milk, and it's not prepared properly, and so the kids have indigestions. Maybe the water use is not right. Make sure you give the Word in a right manner so they'll understand the baby Christians. If you're mature, the Word of God is like meat, you start digesting on meat. No longer does baby stuff. If all you want to hear from me is how to be rich, how to be nice, how to behave, it's not about a behavior modification. It's about understanding the meat that tells us, I'm saved by grace. God has a purpose for me, and I need to fulfill that. And you need to understand what the doctrines are. Not just baby stuff all the time. You need to start growing meat. It's also like considered like bread. Everyone, everybody needs bread. The Word of God is considered bread. It's also the truth. John 17, chapter 17, thy word is truth. The Word of God is like a sword. It can penetrate us to the very inmost being to show us things that need to be changed. People don't like to read the Word of God because it will convict you and me. But the nice thing about the Word of God, if it goes to our very inmost being, it doesn't destroy us. It will show what's wrong but to make us realize God I need help help me change in this area it convicts us there's so much you can get from God's Word so please find yourself delighting in God's word may I challenge you this year As you start the year start right make it your goal to complete reading the Word of God the whole Bible how many of you I'm not gonna ask have really read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation good I see some people right are raising their hands but if you have not make it your goal folks now I'm gonna share with you my confession I haven't finished last year but I'm on 270 already All right. I probably have a few more days to finish it I wasn't able to finish last year but my goal is to finish it why because I delight in God's Word I'm not always be able to do it but when I have the chance I will spend time the word I delight in it what else I need to meditate on it. What does it mean to meditate? Somebody said it is like when somebody takes the time just to ruminate, to think about it. Something that you think over and over again. It's like, guys, when you got your love letter from your wife, you look at that letter and you read it over and over and over again. What does she mean by saying, I love you? What does it mean like, I can't stand it without you, right? And you leave, read over and over again. It's like meditating on that. But not only that, it's like a cow that chews its cud. From the Old Testament, it's like the cow has stomachs. It goes from one to the next, even while they're lying down, you can see them going like this. Let me give another description for meditating in the Old Testament. It means that you're mumbling and talking. Have you had? Have you seen somebody? Sometimes people think I'm crazy too because I may be practicing uh, my sermon. Probably my wife says me that. Maybe in my sleep I can also be preaching, right? It's like you you think about something. Says, "I'm practicing my sermon," right? And people think you're crazy. (laughs) And And sometimes you do, but that's what you do when you meditate. You digest it over and over again until it becomes a part of you. You know when I give God's message here? I need to ruminate on it. I just can't stand up here and say, oh, guys, this is what it is. I need to think through it, meditate upon it. How does it happen? It doesn't mean that the whole time you'll be mumbling like this, but when you do things, you're reminded, how am I to do it God's way? And God's word will be the one to guide you throughout the day. How you respond, how you should think how you should behave how should you believe it is the one that will help you to know what to apply in your daily lives that's what happens when you want to really follow the Word of God now notice the results if I do this what do I get from it anyway is it an obligation is it a duty no folks when you start to enjoy God's Word it becomes a part of your love and obedience to God notice the results Let me go back to the verse service here. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does. Would you like that? Let me share with you why it's so beautiful. Notice what happens when you follow God's word. You will be positioned by the river. What is so nice about the river? If you are planted by the river, you will get sustenance that is continuous, you don't become dry. You know, when when a person is close with the Lord, no matter what season they go through, with their problems and trials, they still can be strong in the Lord because they find their strength in Him. You're positioned by the river. That's what happens when you spend time in the Word. Notice what happens next. You will be like a tree. A tree that is prominent. It stands tall. And let me go forward. Look at this tree. I hope you, uh, you see this tree. You see this tree here? Maybe somebody knows about this. Do you know this tree over here? Ah, you remember, it's Baler. Melda, my wife. This is a banyan tree. I think it's called ballet in the Philippines, right? I remember when I used to go to school, there's a place in, in, in Kansas City, called Ballette Drive. All these big trees, right? And you talk about this white lady coming out, someone you driving like... <laughs> they're big trees. They, they look horrible, but they're big, right? But this ballet tree, folks, if you climb this tree, you can go right in between. You see all these roots. It's so big that when you look at it, you can climb this tree. Now, let me give you some other trees. Here's one of the largest trees. It's called the gentleman's sherman, right? Redwood trees. All, all the systems. I'm just saying, if you look at trees, what makes them so strong is that they are really rooted in the Lord. They are a tree that is planted. Let me use the word planted. It is not something that is placed there by accident. God plants us. God puts us where he wants us to grow. We're just not like a wild tree that sprouts out on your own. God knows if he wants you to become a stable Christian in his life, in your life, to be blessed, he plants you. He places you there by his grace, not because of your performance. He makes you like a plant. And it is something that you and I must be willing to see that we can get the sustenance from the river, from the water around us. It is your responsibility to find sustenance from the Lord. What else? Oh, I like this. It yields fruit. Folks, when somebody is rightly connected with the Lord, you will find fruitfulness. You will see their lives being changed. The fruit of the Spirit starts to change their life. Fruitfulness in that they are also blessing other people to become followers of Christ. When I talk about fruitfulness, the question that I always ask myself when I, in the ministry at the end of the year, how many people have I led to the Lord? How many people have I discipled in the Lord? Those of us who have been Christians for many years, this last 2014, through your life, show me the fruit. <clears throat> Personal growth, but your love for others leads to people that you have brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that is a sign of fruitfulness. There's change not only in our character, but also change in our relationship with others. You and I need to bear fruit by being people to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have finished 2014, and you look at your life, and you haven't brought somebody closer to the Lord or brought them to become a follower of Christ, I pray that 2015 will be different. God expects us all to be fruitful. That is the result, because God expects us from that. What else? In season... Oh, I love this idea of in season. It tells us it bears fruit all the time, consistency. At times it may not be fruit bearing because it's hibernating, but it still come out. Folks, show me somebody who walks with the Lord. You see steadfastness in season, year after year, with problems and prosperity, whatever happens. They are fruitful. It doesn't move them. We need to be people who are bearing in season. Not because of emotional things. You know, some people are still like babies. If you don't cater to them, they want to leave the church. If you don't mind them, they feel like they're being taken for granted. Listen, it's not about you anymore. God wants you to become a person that bears fruit in season. You start bearing. It's no longer just about you and me anymore. What else? It's leaf does not wither. You find stability day in and day out. It's like an evergreen tree. That's why I like wintertime. I see all this evergreen. Whether it's winter or summer, they are still green. Folks, if you are close with the Lord, in good times and bad times, you will always be bearing fruit. Because you're like an evergreen tree that finds its sustenance planted by the river because God has placed you there to make a difference. And lastly, would you like that verse there? Whatever he or she does, Prosperous. show me somebody who walks with the Lord no matter where you place them they will be a blessing if they'll be in a community they will impact the community if they'll be in a job they will be the best employees if you bring them in church they will do their best in terms of whatever gifts and talents gonna use wherever you place them in a home when you are with them you're refreshed when you're going to be with them they will encourage you when you're with them they're there to build you up why because God is going to bless them because it keeps flowing from the source that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know I want to be that person, right? That's what's going to take. And God is going to be blessing us. No, notice also what you need I need to remember here. Notice the results here. The wicked are not like this. See the opposite? They are like chaff that the wind blows away. It strengthens what I shared with you earlier. You know what a shaft is? You know when you, when you get the palai, everything that's thrown out from the palai, people burn, they step on that palai, it's not good anymore. And a person who is ungodly are going to be like that. Right now they may be looking good, but tell me years from now they will be gone. Because whatever they saw, they will rip. When they saw ungodliness, they will rip ungodliness and consequence in their lives. Christians, wherever they are, like salt and light to the earth. Folks, you take out Christians from this world, you take out Christians right now from Europe, they're being killed, and we're replacing them with people with different mindset. Europe is suffering the consequence right now. With all the Muslims and ISIS and all the people there, they're suffering the consequence there. Because of ungodly thinking. They'll kill you if they don't believe in you. But give us Christians who believe that you're made in the image of God. They will love you. They will look after you. They will make sure you come to know Christ the way that they've known him. That's what happens. What else? Therefore, the wicked will not survive the judgment. At the very end, everything that you accomplish as a person is ungodly. Will stand before God's judgment. And listen carefully. None of what they have done will really merit God's favor. Because we all say by what? You remember Galatians. It's only by grace, through faith. Our performance right now is the result of our relationship with Him. That's why God has planted us by the river so we can bear much fruit in others. So, what else do I want to share with you? Look, look at this result, it's right there. But then at the very end, I want you to notice this statement here The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Notice what happens. The godly will endure because they know God. The ungodly will ultimately perish. Folks, you and I can be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. There is a well-known hymn. It goes like this. "Out Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary and sad it just tells us there are so many people with needs out there but because of what god does in a person's life like us make me a blessing so that i can be blessing others as well that's my prayer lord help me to be a blessing if i've been a burden to you then forgive me help me lord to become a person that seeks your will and wants to be blessing others the more you're going to be a blessing the more god will be blessing you so you can be fruitful in season and out of season, even no matter where you are, you're going to make a difference. So here's the application for today. I know we always talk about application. Notice what we need to. You and I will need God's power to live a righteous life. You cannot live the godly life on your own strength. Only God can do it through you and through me. Then claim God's power. say, "Lord, I want to be blessed so I can be a blessing to others." But you need to be rightly related to Him, and He will empower you. Second thing, you will need God's Word to guide us. There is no shortcut to this. You want to be a spiritual person? You want to be a leader? You want to make a difference? You better spend time in the Word. And I'm challenging you. I'm going to ask you again, maybe by the end of the year, what have you done with your spiritual life? How's your uh, time with the Lord? Let me share with you number three, which is very critical here. You will need the support of God's people. The counsel that you get will determine the kind of decisions you make. That's why I'm encouraging everyone in the church. In church, this is our goal for every member of the church. You need to be a part of a small group. Like the Acts, the book of Acts, where you learn to share your burdens together. You pray for one another. You get counsel. You get encouragement. You need God's people's support because that's the kind of counsel and belonging that you should want to be a part of. Because that kind of group will also determine the kind of behavior you will have. So if you are hanging around with people who love to do certain things, that's the kind of person you're going to become. But when you belong to a group like this church who loves God and loves others, then they will help you love God more. Love all people. Lastly, here's my prayer. If God is going to bless you, because he wants you to be a blessing. It doesn't stop with you. He expects us to be a can't do it for his blessing to others. Let's pray. Well, why we every heads are bowed and eyes is close? You know, this is time for us to examine our lives as we start the year. We all want to start the year right. So the question is being raised this morning is this What choices are you going to make? that will make you a person that is truly blessed by God and who wants to do His will to bless others. So how is your quiet time with the Lord? If you haven't really spent much time in the Word of God, may I challenge you. There's no shortcut to spirituality. You need to know God's Word. Because that's how God speaks to us and reveals His will to us. Would you please make a decision this morning that God with your grace and with your help and your strength, I will spend time in your word. I pray that I will have that delight and pleasure in spending time with your word. The second thing you can also ask, Lord, help me find my delight also in spending time with the right people who will give me the right counsel where I can have a sense of belonging, not only believing, but a sense of belonging where I can be a blessing to them like a body of Christ they can also be a blessing to me as well so that we can bless others. And third, would you also pray, God, help me change my behavior. If there are things that need to change in your life, only God can change your life, no one else. You can't change the person next to you or your children or somebody else. Only God can change them. So would you claim that God can change you personally, that through your life, you'll be able to impact others as well? And lastly, would you pray, God, I want to be fruitful. Help me to be able to make disciples of others because that's what you expect from us. Help me, Lord, to be faithful in sharing the Word of God to others that so they can also follow Christ the way I followed you. And if there's anybody here who has yet not come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you consider an ungodly person if you have tried to do things on your own way without God, But this morning you realize you need God. You can say a simple prayer that goes like this. God, I realize I need you today. I want to be blessed. but I realize I can't be a blessing unless you have blessed my life. And I know my life cannot be blessed unless there's forgiveness of my sins. And so this morning I say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I don't deserve this, but because you love me, you died in my place. Forgive me. Make me your child. And from now on, dear Lord, my desire is to live for you. If you pray that prayer, even this morning, you'll be considered a godly person, not because of your own merits, but because God steps into your life and makes you who he wants you to be. Father, bless our church, that as a church we will be a truly a lighthouse in a community wherever you place us, because you bless us, help us to be a blessing to others. And so Father, we commit to you every goal that we have this year, every plan that we have, Lord, we know we cannot accomplish it on our own. But by your grace and by your strength, do it through us, dear Lord. Give us a sense of joy and fulfillment because we're doing your will. So thank you for what you've done in the past. Thank you what you're doing today. And Lord, we're even more excited what you'll be doing in the coming days. As you will be blessing us so we can be a blessing to others. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen. Be blessed.